97X, The Future of Rock and Roll, that was Cure with Love Cats, XTC, Dear God, and Bauhaus with their cover of Telegram Sam, the T-Rex song. That Dave, t- Dave, yes? Dave, no, sorry. I would like to hear that, though. But, no, you're doing it again. You're having another flashback. No, I know that T-Rex is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, and they did Telegram Sam. Bauhaus did. Yeah, well, they yeah. covered it. Yeah, but... You think you're at 97X, but you're really just in my basement, the party dungeon. So Matt Harris tonight at midnight is not going to be playing XCD, uh, the new one of Automatic for the People from R.E.M.? Well, I don't think so. I don't think that matches up with his time at 97X. But the good news is Matt Harris joins us on the line. Matt, hello. Hello, guys. Good to hear from you. Great to hear from you. So, Matt, when were you at 97X? We were trying to pin it down, but you know what? You can tell us. Uh, 84 to early 87. Okay, so it was the post-Steve Stankin era. Did you overlap with Steve or not? Well, actually, no, no, actually, uh, I, uh, Danny Crash. Okay. Dan Reed uh, hired me to do overnights, actually. And then he left soon after, and uh, I had the PD experience, and Doug appointed me PD. So wait, you you were a PD somewhere else before 97X? Yes. Yeah, I went to uh, OU, Ohio University, and that's where I f- actually first met Danny. But uh, we weren't really close or anything, but, uh, but I was uh, working in Athens. Um, I graduated in college in 82, and I was working in college radio all four years I was at OU. And I was also working for the commercial rock station in town. So when I graduated, I just stayed there for another year. But I was dying to get out to join the real world. And uh, I kept seeing OXY in the trades and things like that and uh, hooked back up with Danny. And, and I got an overnight position there. The rest is history, as they say. So you were there during the uh, heavy mullet period. If you see photos from like 84 to 87, <laughs> every male that worked there had a mullet. And if I remember, you did too. Not a, not a huge one. I, I went through phases of uh, looking like Robert Plant to getting my hair cut real short to having a beard and looking like Grizzly Adams. So I was all over the map every six months or so. But I'm sure I definitely had a mullet phase. No doubt. And so <laughs> you said you were there roughly three years and most of it is yeah. program director. I'm pretty sure that's a world record in 97X land for being a PD. Uh, yeah, I'd like to, I, I can't really recall how, I, I didn't do overnights very long till Danny left. I can't pinpoint the exact time, but I, it wasn't that long after I started that Danny left. So, I mean, I, I'm sure he would know when he left, but, uh, yeah, I've, I so yeah, I guess I was there a couple of years as PD. And, and what air shift did you cover once you became PD? I did uh, middays right after bake. Okay, and then I'm who like, else was yeah. on? I think I'm not. I was trying to think about this the other day. I, I think Mr. K followed me, and I I forget who did like uh, evenings, and of course Robin did overnights. Did you ever have to fire Robin? I feel like she was oh no fired and then no, rehired no. multiple times. <laughs> We definitely had our fun run-ins, but they were all, you know, spirited and all meant well, because you know how passionate she was about the music, so. Oh, yeah. Describe the vibe of the station then, because still in its toddler phase, basically, back then. 
Well, the, let's say the vibe was good. Uh, everybody there was great to work with. You know, it's, I mean, every day for me was like I I was living. Let's backtrack a bit. I was living with my parents still because uh, you know I just recent you know relocated to Cincinnati, and they lived in the northwest part. So I drove up to Oxford every day up 27. I didn't live in Oxford, so I had a long commute every day. So I got there early and I stayed late. And then I would usually, I'd say three or four times a week, go to Bogarts, you know, to go see a show. That time can't be recreated because every day was like you're playing your favorite music and hearing new stuff and, and everything seemed to be, you know, on the rise, so to speak, you know, the respect for the station nationally and locally and people locally trying to, find ways to pick up your signal and things like that. So I thought the vibe was always good and positive and, and the future looked good, so to speak. Well, that was, that was a good time because, as you said, the music industry isn't like this anymore, but there was bands on the rise that we were able to play and then go see them at Bogart's. That doesn't happen in yeah. Cincinnati much anymore. No not, on, no, not in that kind of personal way. I mean... You know, you take, I remember like seeing, going to see the Bodines, they had their first record out and, you know, you go to Bogarts and there's 50 people there and then they would tour back around again six months later and then the place would be packed, you know, and you felt like you were a part of doing that, you know, those kind of examples happened all the time with bands. And then of course, you know, you might have your big established names coming through constantly. I mean, I think the replacements came through every six months, it seemed like, and just like, hanging with them, having a beer. I mean, that kind of stuff. You know, you're in your 20s and doing stuff like that. I mean, you can't recreate that. Beer and the replacements? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> What's the chances of that? Uh, actually, 100%. So, yeah, but, right. But eventually, like, like most people, you did move on and probably came when your parents said, Matt, you've got to move out of the basement. Well, uh, not too bad. I mean, uh, and it was literally the basement. The way that happened, if you, uh, you, does the name Todd Allen ever pop up in your conversations with past people? Yes, yeah, so I was asking because I vividly remember when I was at 97X, there was some piece of equipment in the air studio, and in the back, there was a thing, and there was a, like a blue spray-painted spot, and it said the Todd Allen blue spot. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. I think he just tagged it. He was the first graffiti artist at 97X. But what... Possibly. Did he work at 97X and then he moved on to the EBN world? Yeah, that that's exactly how it was. When I was doing overnights, Todd, I think, was doing middays. And he was also like the production director. I don't know if he actually had that title, but he seemed to do most of the production. And uh, we, you know, hooked up a friendship in that. And then he left and went to um, WEBN to do production and to do uh, an air sh- like a weekend air shift. And uh, he was the one who basically dropped my name at WEBN to the program director there. And, uh, and I would always see, I don't remember, you remember Kurt Gary, who used to be on EBN. Yes, the very Kurt Gary. Gary. Yes. Yeah, he used to go to the 97X type shows all because he loved that music. I mean, he was in a you know, he was a drummer in a punk band, so he loved going to shows at Bogarts, and I got to know him. And so between those two dropping my name, that's how I 
got the job at EBN, basically. If you I know, it's all networking, cor- so. Yeah, if I remember correctly, for uh, that time period, uh, 97X was like the AAA club for WEBN, yeah. the people that, you know, was the, they'd call you up. You, you get the call in the big leagues, and most people didn't go back to AAA except for uh, Ken. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, because there were, so Steve Stankin, was Steve Stankin the first one to make that leap to EBN, or was no, Todd Allen? No, Steve came, well, Steve came, I, I didn't really, I didn't cross paths with Steve. I, I crossed paths with Steve years later, you know, because he was always involved in, like, TV commercials and video stuff. Mm-hmm. That's where I kind of first met him. I mean, long a side story, I, I did a commercial once for P&G, and he was involved in that, and that's kind of where I got to know him. But no, after I got to EBN, then Tom Owens, who was our program director, he was asking, you know, and you know, if we had an opening, you know, you know of anybody else. And then Mr. K came along, and then after Mr. K, then Steve came along. He was too smart for the radio world. He <laughs> he had to go on and do bigger and better things. So, what was your role at EBN? I was hired as. I guess back in, I was called a program coordinator, you know, in in other places it might be considered assistant PD, you know, it was a mixture of programming duties and promotions and things like that. Literally, literally a jack of all trades and doing odd weekend hours on the air, things like that. And you're still in the game, right? You're still in the radio biz. Yeah, I'm still with the, the, the company, believe it or not, even after our after this past week's, uh, I don't know if you read about that stuff. Yes, but, I uh, did. It was uh, <laughs> how f- could you not? Fifteen hundred. I forget how many jobs were uh, eliminated. Yeah, you've been at the same place, but that company has changed names. What, like five times? Yes, yes. But yeah, I, and I've done so many different things. I mean, I do, I do nothing compared to you know a normal, you know what a normal radio job would be since I work for the corporation, research, marketing, things like that, quite removed from doing a, you know, a four-hour air shift. And, and a live remote at, uh, at a shell station in Green Township. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> You're at the du- Dubois bookstore for back-to-school days. That's right. 97X, WOXY, Oxford, Cincinnati. The future of rock and roll. So, so what do you do now? What, what's your daily job at the corporation? I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about. It. Huh. We do so many stealth things. It's kind of hard to describe, but we basically do research and marketing for every station we have around the country. Like right now, what I'm doing today, I'm I'm doing a project for Dallas. So it could be anything from working with their morning show working with the music, billboard art, TV commercials, and mostly it centers around the music, of course. It is, it is quite a, a science these days. I've had to sort of reinvent myself a number of times just within this company. I guess that's how you survive. Yeah, there's been quite a few acts that's fallen over the years there, and you've uh, dodged them all by doing that. Yeah, yeah. This is the Dallas exactly. Station, their morning show. Is the sidekick? Does he go by Cooter? It's just—it's just a guess. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, no. I wasn't doing anything with their morning show. I was just saying that could be an example of what could be doing, could be happening. Gotcha. You know things, 
you know, when you're working with the talent and things like that around the country. Yeah. So going back to your 97X days, like what was the most fun of, of being the on-air and or program director parts of it? Well, I loved, uh, I loved when the mail came in every day. I mean, that's, that's like Christmas opening up to see what new stuff was coming in. One of my favorite days was being there on a Saturday. I think I did a Saturday air shift for like a Saturday afternoon air shift for a while. I remember we getting us a Saturday mail and the, I opened it up and the cassette for the water boys. This is the sea album came out and I said, Oh great. I like this band a lot, you know, and I drove home and I listened to the whole thing. And it was one of the best things I've ever heard. And you know, those are things that stick with you little moments like that. You know, I remember the one day, uh, the dead milkman came into the studio and those guys were crazy and they were on with Mr. K I mean, I, I, that, that was just a bonkers day. Those guys were running around, I mean, just full of energy. I mean, just things like that. You can't recreate those. You can't script that kind of stuff. I would love to have heard that interview. I wish someone would have a, a tape oh, of that. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, I just never thought about those kind of things back then, probably plopping in a tape half the time. And I mean, I just think of all the things that are just off in the atmosphere now that were never taped or recorded and, yeah, I'd love to hear because Mr. You know how Mr. K was on the air. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Dead Milkman plus Mr. K <laughs> equals Rip yeah. in the time space continuum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, those are just you know things you just can't get back. You know, but my my daily arguments with Mr. K. I mean, you know how he was. You you tell him to do something, and he would do the opposite. <laughs> so, that was always fun. Now, now you're doing like the stealth research now. In, in 1986, what sort of research, when you guys got together with the Brain Trust, Doug and Linda and whoever else, Bake, uh, the raccoon that lived in the attic, when you guys got together, did you do a lot of deep research, deep dive and things like that? No, I mean, music-wise, they never said anything to me. Um, I was, you know, coming from a sort of, more of a rigid background coming out of college and that, and not that OXY didn't follow any kind of um, musical rotation system, but I definitely used the more, I guess, uh, advanced kind of card system just so we weren't like repeating stuff so much or, you know, that, you know, just trying to keep artists separate, you know, those kind of things. And I remember Robin Buttonhead's, with me on that because she thought I was a sellout, <laughs> you know, because we were playing like the Talking Heads new record too much, things like that, you know. But I understood where she was coming from, but I was just still trying to play everything, but just trying in a more, you know, Not regimented so. way, I guess. If yeah, lack structure. Of a word. Structure is what. Yeah, I was yeah more say. structure. That's the word I was looking for. More of a structured yeah. way. Yeah. So. So actually, your official title was program director, but really with like Mr. K and Robin Plan on the staff, it was more like cat herder. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I no, I mean, I, I still let Robin do whatever she wanted on overnight. I mean, go crazy. I mean, that was her deal, and she was great at it. She she did, she turned me on to tons of things I'd never even would have ever come across before. But you know, during the you know normal normal day, we had to play. Uh, sort of what you would call the hits back then. You know, then you were the one I have from the station. I was there when we transferred from vinyl to CD 
for some of our library. So I have things like the uh, replacements, please, to meet me and some sidewinders and, and things like that at my house um, that have the grid sticker on it that you would write like, you know, 1, 12, 6 a.m. for, you know, whatever song. And so no one else is allowed to that come from you, that structure. No, actually, I think that was already in place. What I what I had was uh, more of like a, a Rolodex card system. On top of that, also, yeah, keeping that in line. Yeah. But also, a, sort of a card system of a, you know, a heavier rotation, a medium, things like that. And I never like told you what song to play. You know, if if, if the Water Boys, you know, you're kind of pushing the hole of the moon from the outset, but the rest of the album should be played also. So that was what the sticker on the album was for to kind of let you know what song, maybe not to play again, but you could play that same album again. Yeah. Within a, within a certain amount of time, it was, it was, it was, you know, trying to keep that, you know, let's, let's feature the album and not just always the single, so to speak. You know what? Uh, did you know that uh, Bake is throwing a reunion at his house on July 4th? I did see that note, yes. Yeah, so we didn't know if you were going to come out or not. I definitely, I, I remember the last one he had, but I was either out of town. I know something else was going on that same same day. The last time he did that, what, a few years ago? Yeah, yeah it's been probably think, eight or nine years yeah. ago. Oh, least, really? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know it was a while ago, but yeah, but I remember I was planning on going, but I had some other commitment pop up. Well, that'd be funny. But you- yeah, but, I, but I'd love to... Uh, go up and reminisce with everyone. Well, Matt, it's been an absolute treat to talk to you. And we, we are rapidly reaching the time limit. We never go longer than two durations of Bella Lugosi's dead. So, so we're, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up. And I know you're, you're busy working for, as you like to call it, the corporation. Well, what's nice is That's that right. Damien and the I firm. do yeah, the firm. <laughs> Damien and I do run into you every once in a while out at some shows. So obviously, you still go out and enjoy live music. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I go out probably more now. I mean, Damien knows my wife, and she's we don't we don't get along musically too much because she's more of a hair band person. And uh, but I see I think I see a lot of shows. 97X, WOXY, Oxford, Cincinnati. Radio, radio. The future of rock and roll.